Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. This is the word of God. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, one of the pastors here at Metro Church. And if this is your first time uh, joining us in worship virtually, I just want to say how glad we are that you have joined us. And just to keep you and everyone up to speed, we started last week on our sermon series on what's considered to be one of the most recited verses in all of Scripture. We find it in Psalm 23. And just to know the heartbeat behind this sermon series, uh, the reason why the staff came together and wanted to do this sermon series on Psalm 23 is rooted in some of the realities uh, during this unprecedented time of both pandemic and injustice. And knowing that it's because of it, there are so many people who are experiencing just a wider range of both emotional and circumstantial brokenness. The season of brokenness has been difficult for so many of us. For many, uh, they're experiencing job loss and uncertainties about their situation. For many, it's been a season of loneliness. For some, it's been health concerns, even to the point of unexpected death. I mean, within the past month alone, our society as a whole has been uh, witnessing the, the systematic brokenness through the horrific injustices against our black brothers and sisters, as we see through the modern-day lynchings of Maude Arbery and George Floyd. And it makes our hearts burdened. It makes us heavy in our pain, knowing that these are some of the present realities of brokenness. And as I've been personally reflecting for the past few weeks on Psalm 23, it's been my own personal psalm during this time. It's allowing me to reflect our brokenness is allowing me to just kind of meditate on the weakness aspect of who I am and what's surrounding this world. But my hope and my prayer is that through Psalm 23, as it kind of allows us to be descriptive of our weaknesses and allows us to be more descriptive about our brokenness, we can at the same time sing it with a confidence, assurance, and hope because we see of who God truly is within this broken world. So this morning, uh, as I focus on the first verse of the 23rd Psalm, the main truth I want to highlight today is that in Jesus Christ, we have a shepherd 
that we can trust during the most difficult times of need. So I have three points for us as we navigate our time today. First is why we need a shepherd. Secondly, what does the shepherd provide? And thirdly, at what cost for this shepherd? The need, the provision, and the cost. Our first point, we see the need for a shepherd. Psalm 23 is written by King David. And here is we find King David reminiscing on his old job as a shepherd boy. And as he is reflecting on his past life, he now acknowledges that God is his very own personal shepherd. Now, by using the word shepherd, uh, David is using the most intimate metaphor. It is actually a bit uh, of a contrast compared to the other Psalms. Because in the other Psalms, we see God uh, referred to um, as, as names a little bit less intimate, like the rock, like shepherd and king. But here we see God using the metaphor shepherd. And the question we want to ask is why does he use the word shepherd to describe his God? Because think about it. David right now is a prolific king. So you think he would use the word king. But as he's reflecting on his past life, he calls God his shepherd. See, if you want to know anything about David, is that his life, just like all of our lives, is filled with much brokenness, isolation, despair, and suffering, to say the least. If I could just summarize David's life, he hid from enemies in caves. He engaged in civil wars. He was torn apart from friends. He was outcasted by his father. He was overlooked by his brothers. He in sin was a murderer and an adulterer. He lost his first wife. He had the death of an infant son and the murder of another son and the rape of his daughter. And through his own personal narrative of brokenness, here we find in verse 1, David reflectively responding in the green pastures, in the still waters, the Lord is my shepherd. See, God as shepherd is primarily a pastoral metaphor, but it should also be noted that in the ancient Near East, kings were styled as shepherds of their people. Why? It's because a shepherd was one that would lead. Uh, He protected and he defended. But the reason why he was able to do so is because he knew his sheep perfectly. And as David says that God is my shepherd, David is allowing the reader to know how intimately known he is by God. That throughout all of the civil wars on the outside and all of the civil wars that were within him, David says that God is still is a provider, a defender, and that he will lead him home. And if that's what the Bible says of who God is, then what does it mean for you and I at the moment right now? It means that if you feel like you are defenseless, God is your refuge. If you feel like you are suffering in the silence, God speaks on your behalf. In other words, when you feel like you are sheep, God wants to be your shepherd. But 
The reality is there is a little bit of difficulty in accepting this. See, if we're honest, you and I, we never want to fully consider God as shepherd because we never would admit that we are actually sheep. See, from a worldly standpoint, no one wants to be sheep. Sheep are considered to be helpless. They're considered to be defenseless. Sheep can't live on their own. See, in the world's eyes, sheep are flawed and they are imperfect. But in the eyes of a shepherd, sheep are loved and desired because of your imperfection. Sheep are loved and desired because of their weakness. And there are and there always will be a times of need. So the question is, how do you typically respond? Will you ignore it? Because of your pride? Will you flee from it because of your shame? Or will you run to a shepherd? Pitcher Roy Doc Holliday uh, was a Hall of Fame pitcher who played for the Philadelphia Phillies. And in 2017, he tragically crashed in, he crashed in his plane in the Gulf of Mexico. Autopsies would show that in his body during the crash, he had opioids, antidepressants, and anxiety medications. But it actually left many people confused because of his success. And many really didn't see what was actually going on in the inside. But his wife said this, Everybody saw him as a strong, dominant person, but he was terrified. He didn't feel like he had the luxury of making a mistake. He was a tormented man. And she stated that he never fully got the help that he needed in a consistent way because he had a deep sense of shame that he couldn't overcome. And I would argue, as we hear this narrative of this Hall of Fame baseball player, I would argue that this is not just a one-off narrative, but in some shape or form, this is the narrative of all of us. Because you and I are all in need. And when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, he is saying, I am sheep. I am broken. I am fearful. I'm in my shame, and I need someone that is going to defend me. And in the same way, know that there is no shame for you to come as sheep. Because God, He honors your shame. And He desires you to glory within a shepherd. So would you consider to come as sheep That you no longer have to be drenched in your shame and your sorrow. You no longer have to be silenced by your suffering and an injustice. Because we have a God who is a shepherd. And in his shepherd-like character, he provides for every single need. That is our second point. See, as we dive into the second half of the first verse, he shall not want, it's a reflection of what biblical scholars would say that this is a song of confidence. See, what King David is saying when he declares he shall not want, 
He's saying that he's placed all his shame and all his weakness in God. But what he has learned through it is that he was redeemed into glory. And now that he is radically content in his shepherd, that he provided for every single need. David is confident in the Lord because after all that he's been through, he now sees it with a great purpose because it would be through it he would be the king that we are reading about today. So when King David says, I shall not want, it is a declaration that whatever comes his way, he will trust God as his provision. Consider David with me. See, if it It was during these times as a shepherd where David would be shaped into his character and his love for the Lord. It would be during this time as a shepherd that God would use. He would use David's isolation. He would use David's aloneness as an incubator to build in David the character, the leadership, the courage, and the love of the Lord to become a king. And if God can do that for David, then most certainly is God right now at this moment using your isolation, your aloneness, and brokenness during a time of uncertainty to make you and build you a godliness and a kingliness that no other shepherd in this world can offer you. And what that should do today for us is that it should give us a radical confidence. It should give us a radical confidence because he provided for every single need, even though it may not have felt like it during the time. Now hear me, does this mean that you should deny your weakness? Uh, this is, that, that is not the case. This does not mean that you should love everything that is going on within your life. I don't think David loved all of the circumstances that went on within his life. But what this radical confidence does mean is that when you cry and lament to God, which is a calling, and it is something that we see in the Psalms, it comes with knowing that God will hear your cries. And not only will He hear your cries, but He will provide you of what you need and what is the best for you. See, for David, not only does his provision and God's provision allow him to endure, what David sees is that he was with him every single moment. You know, personally, in my life, I have to deal with a lot of uh, brokenness and it played out in a lot of relationships. And what that brokenness uh, led me to and it revealed was something far worse was my spiritual brokenness. See, many years back, I went through a divorce and what led to it and going through it had to have been some of the most difficult uh, seasons of my life. The shame of a broken marriage. The guilt of being a failure to who was my wife. The deep despair that constantly crippled me from every aspect of my life. I mean, all the things I never wanted in my life or would wish upon my worst enemy. But as I reflect back, and as I often do, I see that God, 
He was with me every step of the way. He provided me uh, not with a better circumstance in light of what I wanted, but he led me to a better understanding of what I needed. He provided me with the family of support. He provided me with the time. He provided me with good friends and a good church. Many within the service that you are seeing right now. But most importantly, it was in this very season that allowed me to know that I had a shepherd who was beside me throughout the entire time and is a very shepherd that brought me to where I stand today. And what the season has taught me is this, is that yes, in my life, my heart will naturally always want other functioning shepherds. But at the end of my night, in repentance and renewal, I am always led to the provision of a good shepherd. The question I have for everyone is, do you need this good shepherd? Do you desire to have this good shepherd for your hope and for your joy, regardless of the surrounding brokenness and the brokenness within you? Who is that for us today? It leads us to our third point, the cost. In John chapter 10, centuries later after Psalm 23 is written, we will see Jesus announce to his disciples that he is the good shepherd because he lays his, down, his life down for his sheep. And the question is, well, why must he lay down his life for the sheep? So here's the one thing about sheep. Even though they're perceived as weak, they're stubborn, and they won't lie down. They're resistant, they're going to fight you, and you often need to bound them up. But one of the main reasons why sheep uh, are so stubborn is because they're hungry, and it's always going to continue to search for food until they are satisfied. It's not going to lie down until they are filled. And what the Bible says is this is that you and I were just like sheep. We're always thirsting. We're always hungry. And what we're going to do because of our stubbornness and our ignorance and our pride is we're going to think what's best for us and we're going to try to find our our fill. We're going to find our satisfaction in other functional shepherds. And Jesus Christ He knows this. He knows that he has to save us from our own selves. So Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, has to lay down his life so you don't have to thirst and hunger anymore. In John chapter 6, we see Jesus surrounding 5,000 families that are hungering and thirsting. And what Jesus does in John chapter 6 is he gets a few loaves of bread, And he miraculously provides for the 5,000 families. But with an interesting note that there was plenty of bread left over. What Jesus Christ was telling them, that if you come to this good shepherd, not only does he give you what you need, but what he gives you will be more than enough. That's why in John chapter 6, verse 35, he doesn't just say that he is bread, but he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
the security in your uncertainty, the voice in your silence, the healing in your suffering, the peace in your darkness, the freedom in your oppression. That is what he gives. It is more than just circumstantial change, but he gives you something greater himself. And in him, you are now giving the character and confidence to go through whatever comes your way. See, Jesus Christ, he didn't come just to cover your wants with pieces of bread. But as he is the bread of life, he came to cover you with himself. See, so on the cross, it was Jesus Christ who laid down the only thing that he ever wanted in life, which was oneness with the Father. And when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What he is saying is that, God, you are no longer my shepherd. I lost the very thing that I wanted in my life so that your people, the people that I care about, would find their place of rest and peace and joy in you. See, by satisfying the wrath of God because of our sin, we are now freed from the guilt, sin, and death that once covered over us. The cost of His life for our ultimate comfort in life and death. And just like a good shepherd, Jesus comforts His people by saying that He knows His sheep and that His sheep know him. See, when we come to the realization that we are deeply loved by someone that would save us to the point of an ultimate cost that will satisfy all of our wants and needs. It means that you and I, we're actually never alone in our brokenness. And that whatever comes that there is nothing that is in vain and that is all purposed for God's glory and for our good. It means that you and I right now can be confident in hardship because we have a shepherd. But at the same time, what's so good about God's grace is that we can actually still pray through our brokenness because we are sheep and we can be honest about where we are. It means that we can pray of our disappointments in life. It means that we can pray for the things that shame us. We can pray of our anger when injustices arise. And we can pray for it in confidence because Jesus became the lamb that was slain so that God would provide for every single need. During these times, how will you respond? Will you allow suffering to be your song? And how will you allow this song be shared to others that need to hear it? For when all things are uncertain, would you find your sole source of provision in our Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, and because of Him, we shall not want. 
Would you join me in prayer?